pray real quick. We'll jump into the sermon. God, thank you for this great day. Thank you for this awesome service so far, Lord. We pray that you would just bless us. We pray that you would prepare our hearts for the miracle you're going to do in our lives right now. We love you. We praise you. We give you this time in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. In Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25 and going through verse 34, it says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat and what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more important or valuable than they? Can any, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I was, I was, as I was studying this passage and I was studying for this sermon this week, I read about a man named Stephen Spohn. Stephen Spohn. Stephen is the COO of Able Gamers. Able Gamers is a charitable organization that helps gamers with disabilities. And I'm not into the gaming. I don't really know a lot about it. But I read this. I read this blog and I don't know where he is spiritually, but his story really inspired me. And I want to read it for you. He writes in his blog, 34 days ago, I lost the ability to drive my wheelchair with it, my independence. You see, my disease, SMA, spinal muscular atrophy, is deteriorating my muscles at a very slow pace. Over time, my my abilities are being torn away due to the atrophy that sets in from not using groups of muscles. The same thing would happen to you if you were to stay in bed for months or years without moving. Astronauts experience some of what SMA does to the body after being in space for long periods of time where you do not have the, the, to fight gravity to lift your body weight. Basically, if you don't use your muscles, you lose them. Keep that in mind next time you decide to skip out the leg on leg day at the gym. John Green captured the disturbing truth of living with a progressive disease in the fault in our stars. The main protagonist, Hazel, riffs about life. There's no way of knowing that your last good day is your last good day. At that, at the time, it's just another good day. Your last good day, he continues, is a day like any other day. Your last good day is a day like any other good day. The limitations of your life have stayed the same for some time. There's nothing different about that particular day. Until all of a sudden, like a dump truck crashing through your front door, everything changes in an instant. For someone with a progressive disease like mine, you get many, many last good days. My last good day of breathing, right before I was put on a ventilator, was when I was nine years old. 
My last good day of driving in a wheelchair with a, with a standard joystick controller was right after high school. My last good day of using a computer keyboard was a decade ago. My last good day of driving with a tiny joystick using my thumb was Friday in late February. The one thing about this concept that is that is not limited to the people with this. This is not limited to people with disabilities. In fact, like many subjects, the real difference is that they're amplified for me. But you've had your own set of last good days. Maybe you haven't thought about it that way. Your last good day looks entirely different than mine and entirely different than anyone else's. Yours might be something like your last good day of seeing without glasses, walking without pain, lifting without discomfort, or eating a piece of of cake without going straight to your hips. And he goes on to say, hey, I'm not looking for sympathy, but I want you to use your last good days. I want you to think about your, the last good day for certain things and just enjoy your life. Enjoy the things that you have. So I thought about, man, our lives are filled with last good days, right? You know, when you're younger, you're like, what are you talking about? Last good day for most people who are younger. As you get older, as I was reading that, some of you know, you knew exactly what I was saying right away. Your last good day for, your last good day for. Our, our, our lives are filled with, with last good days. I think we need to ask ourselves this morning, what if, because that's our series, what if today was my last good day? Now, I'm not saying the last day of your life. I'm saying the last good day for something significant in your life. As I read this story, I reflected back onto Matthew chapter 6, thinking about, thinking about how we often live our lives in, in, such, in such a way that we worry about what might happen or could happen in the future. So we spend so much time focused on worrying about what might happen that we don't enjoy what we have right now. We will never truly enjoy our last good day of anything. If we focus most of our attention on, on, on concerns of tomorrow and the concerns about tomorrow, what might happen tomorrow? We're never going to enjoy the last good day of whatever it is if we're constantly looking to tomorrow and worrying and being anxious about what's happening or fearful of what might happen tomorrow. Instead of worrying, God wants us to set goals. He wants us to set goals and he wants us to celebrate milestones, different milestones in our lives. How often do we get so busy that we do something, we accomplish something and we're just on to the next thing? God wants us to celebrate those milestones. We all have things in our lives that we we keep in the back of our minds, things that we wanted to do that we keep. We keep kind of stored in the back of our minds, dreams that we we long to fulfill but, but in our lives, we've made excuses for why we didn't do it. We have reasons for why we didn't step out in faith and try that thing. Attempt to do that. Attempt to accomplish this or that. There are excuses. There are reasons. And most of those reasons, I, I think Jesus kind of spells it out for us here. He spells it out. He says, you're worrying. You're constantly worrying. This fear is gripping you. And so Jesus says we worry, and those are the things that keep us, that, that worry, that anxiousness in our lives, that fear, keep us from accomplishing what God has for us. 
We worry about what might happen, right? Don't we? I mean, I'm going to raise my hand. All right. We worry as human beings. It is like one of Satan's greatest tools in our lives to keep us from fulfilling the purpose that God has for us. He keeps us in worry and anxiety, in fear of what might happen. I was reading some statistics, though. Here, get this. Forty percent of what we worry about, okay, is never going to happen. 30% of what we worry about has already happened. We're just kind of reflecting back and worrying about. So 40% will never happen. 30% has already happened. 12% is on medical issues that won't happen in our lives. We just, you know, you know, don't you all become experts on, you know, MD, whatever, WebMD. All of a sudden you see something in your leg. Oh, what is that? Right? And then, oh, my legs, you know, my legs are going to fall off. It's a falling off disease. You know what I mean? It's only one point whatever percent of the population of the world has it. But then you have it, you know, right? Because you look and you start to worry about it. Ten percent are just petty things that sh- we shouldn't worry about at all. Ten percent. That leaves you with eight percent of the things that are legitimate concerns in your life. Eight percent. We worry 92 percent of the time for no good reason. Ninety two percent. Now, there are always things that we need to be concerned. There are things we need to be concerned about. Absolutely. Things do happen in our lives. But Jesus, even in those cases, Jesus is saying, hey, don't worry about those things. Give them to me. Ninety two percent of the things, my friends, that we all worry about, we worry about for no good reason. In other words, worry is a result of imaginary fears, imaginary fears most of the time. We imagine, we conjure these things up in our minds, but they consume us. What might happen tomorrow? What if this? What if that? What if the other thing? See, Jesus understands our problem. uh, That's what I love about Christianity. I really do. That God incarnate, God comes to earth, fully God and fully man in Jesus Christ and lives among us. He understands us. That's why he says three different times, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. He says in in chapter six and verse 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow. Worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Someone say amen to that, right? Every man, each day is enough trouble of its own. In verse 27, it says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? You can't add a single hour to your life by worrying. But doesn't worrying rob you of the time that you have now? You can't add a single hour to your life by worrying. But how much time is lost? How much time is stolen by the enemy because we worry constantly about what might happen? Think about it. You have no idea when your last good day is going to be. Your last good day of spending time with the people you love. Your last good day of walking without pain. Your last good day of you fill in the blank. The thing that you love, the thing that you enjoy, the thing that you you will love. If you have, if you were retired right now, that's what you spend a lot of your time doing. You don't know when your last good day is, when you'll be able to do those things. Because life happens, right? Things happen in our lives. And the older we get, the more those last good days seem to be mounting and piling up. The last good day to be able to, the last good day to be able to. As I was writing this, I'm thinking, you know, boy, I, this, if this doesn't relate to all of us, it's abs- this is amazing. So 
we could end up wasting so many good days, good days that God has given us, worrying about what hasn't happened or may never happen. Because honestly, the majority of things we worry about never happen. Or if they do, they weren't as bad as we thought they would be. But we waste so much energy doing that. So many people worry about what's, what's behind them, right? About the past, about what was, what happened then. Or we worry about what's in front of us, what might happen in the future. So here's, here's, my, here's my suggestion for all of us this morning. My suggestion is that we stop looking backwards and regretting. Listen, you stop looking backwards and you worry about, about the past and what happened in the past. Stop looking backwards and regretting. Stop looking forward and worrying and start looking upward and trusting. Stop looking upward to God and trusting God with these things. We consume ourselves with what happened. That's Satan's tool to keep you. He wants to keep you in the past and being concerned and all worried about, oh, I can't believe, I can't believe, I can't believe. I have all these regrets. And if you're not worried about that, he's got you looking to the future going, oh, oh my gosh, what happens if, what happens if? See, Matthew, in Matthew, God is telling us, don't worry about things that are not in your, not in your control. These things are, are not in your control. When we worry, we are taking on responsibilities that do not belong to us. God is saying, give them to me. That's part of being a believer in Jesus Christ. We get to leave them at the foot of the cross. We don't have to carry the burdens around anymore. Are things going to happen? Yes, they are. No doubt about it. Today has enough trouble of its own. And you know what? Tomorrow we'll have enough trouble of its own in a month from now. But we can't consume our lives with what might happen and paralyze our lives with what might happen. God is in control of those things. Whether it's a difficulty or everything is going to bring peachy cane for you, God is going to be walking with you through it all. He doesn't want you consumed with those things. First Peter 5, 7 says this, cast, listen, I want you to listen to the words he uses when he talks about worry. Cast all your anxiety on him. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I love you, he says. I love you. Cast it all on me, okay? Cast it on me because I care for you. God wants us to give it over to him. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Give it over to Him. Let Him carry it for you. When we're worrying, and I'm just going to be blunt, when you worry, when I worry, when Jeff Greer worries, what I'm flat out saying to God is, I don't trust you. Now, I don't mean to say that, and I think if I think about it, I wouldn't say it. But in reality, what I do is something comes up in my life, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I start to go, oh, i, I got to fix this chair. i got to fix it, and i I got it, i got it, i got it. I, I figure all the ways that I can do to fix this, or deal with this, or handle this, instead of getting on my knees and saying, God, can you help me work through this? I told you my favorite prayer. What I do is I'm going to fix it. I'm going to work it. I'm going to fix it. And all of a sudden, I come to a point where I have, I, I'm, I'm at a loss. I have nothing left. And I say this profound prayer that you've got to write this down because it's profound. It's really profound. 
God, do something. That's what I say. God, do something. <laughs> it works. I don't, I don't, it's, it's, I, I don't pull it out of, you know, all the time. But I say, God, do something. And God does something. I say that when I'm at my wit's end, when I have nothing, and I've, and I've tried everything. And it's almost like, he, he, when are you going to grow up here? Now I have, and I do go to him instead of trying it all myself now. But that, isn't that what we do? We're going to handle it. We're going to fix it. You know, I, I, you know, it's like, hey, come down off the cross here. Someone else has already taken that spot. Okay? God is saying, give it, give it over to me. Give it over to me. I love that. I love this old saying. I really do. Worry is like an old rocking chair. Okay? It gives you something to do, but doesn't get you anywhere. Isn't that simple? Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, which is not good, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Worry, or see, worry never eliminates our future sorrows, but it does rob us of our present joy. It never, never eliminates our future sorrows, our future pain, whatever else. But it almost always robs, it does always rob us of our present joy. The things that God wants us to enjoy right now. Again, verse 34 says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I love this quote. I found this quote by Alice Caldwell Rice. She said, it ain't no use putting up your umbrella till it rains. Right? I love that. It ain't no use putting up your umbrella until it rains. What is the use of worrying and, and having anxiety and, and being overwhelmed and being paralyzed? When it happens, you don't have to be overwhelmed and paralyzed and everything anyway. You give it over to the Lord and you ask God to help you and give you the strength to overcome it. See, he, we never know when we're going to face our last good day. Whatever, again, whatever that is, whatever that last good day is, we don't know when we're going to face those last good days. So God says, hey, I want you to enjoy the days that I've given you. Focus on the now. And then ask God for strength so that when you have to face something in the future, you'll be able to face it. Ask him to give you strength to face the challenges that will come. They will come, but we shouldn't focus and worry about them now. Because you don't even, you have no idea when your life is going to change. You don't have any idea. It will at some point change in little ways or in, in big ways, but it will change. But you have no idea, so enjoy what you have while you have it. You, I've talked about this before. I enjoy Taekwondo. I, I started about three years ago with my son, Josh. He started taking, and I thought, this is something we can do together. I, I was about 50 years old. I'm 53. I'll be 54 in June. So I was about 50 years old, started doing it. I'm telling you guys, I felt like I was in my 20s, flying across the room, doing sidekicks and jumping over things. I, I was like, woohoo! I'm Spartacus. You know what I mean? I was fired up. My last good day of Taekwondo <laughs> was January 5th, 2015. I'm in there doing my stretches. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, I'm like, ooh, my hip, ah, my leg. Couldn't figure it out. My doctor, last time, my arm hurt or whatever else. I have, you know, all kinds of little things. And he said, you got to work through it. Don't worry about it. It's not, gonna, it's not bad. You just got to work through it. I don't care. I don't care if I'm in pain. As long as he tells me I'm not going to injure something worse. He said, just work through it. So I thought the hip, I'll just work through it. Now, I want you to keep in mind, at that moment when I did, I was five months away from my black belt, okay? Five months away. So January 5th, ah, a little pain, go to the doctor, 
can't figure it out, go to physical therapy, made it worse. And not because they, they did anything wrong, just because it, it, it wasn't, you know, you'll understand how I tell you the story. And so I went and got an MRI. MRI showed that I have a massive amount of arthritis in both of my hips. And along with a genetic bone kind of spur that sticks out. So when I was doing certain kicks and certain things, the bones were hitting against each other. So he, now yeah, you picture this, okay? I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm five months from my black belt at 50. I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm ready to go. I can't even do that because it hurt my hip if I, if I show you my, my wicked kick that I have. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh. I'm so, so here's what he says to me. I'm anticipating five months from my black belt. You know what he says to me? He says, at some point in the future, you're going to have hip replacement. I go from... Sometime in the future, I'm going to be a double, you know, I'm going to be a black belt, you know what I mean? A second, third degree to you're getting hip replacement. Now, physically, it's enough to bother you, okay? Emotionally, even worse. Even worse. You never know, hey, just so you know, next month, I'm, I, I, I'm still going to class, I, but I'm limited in what I can do, but I'm getting my black belt next month anyway, because I am going to yeah, I... I I refuse not. I may hobble in there. I may whatever, but I'm getting that black belt. And then I decided I'm going to do a martial art that kind of uses your upper body because right now it's still working. So long as it's working, I'll get a black belt and something else. Right. But you never know. It's so that is a simple thing. That is such a simple thing. Taekwondo is not my life. I enjoy it. But I enjoyed feeling like I was in my 20s flying around. But my last good day of Taekwondo, really, my last good day was January 5th, 2015. Now I'm going to do, because of my personality, I'm going to, I'm going to get that black belt. <laughs> I'm going to crawl around. You know what I mean? But I'll have, after I get my black belt in May, I'll have to stop. Because physically, the pain is too great in some of the things that I do. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to stop. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That my, my example was so not important, okay? But it gives you an example that we are going to have those days, the last good days of many things. The last good day. And sometimes, seriously, it's going to be a lot more difficult than I, than I have to stop Taekwondo and go on to something different. It's going to be much more difficult. And God says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. In our time of need, when we face our last good day, he will be there to show us mercy. He will be there in our lives to show us grace. Jesus tells us not to worry. So I'm talking to myself and I'm talking to all of you. Stop it. Stop it. We can do this, okay? We, th- you can do this. I'm going to read you a passage that has helped me so much in my life. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about ev- anything. Listen to the words. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. When the enemy brings these thoughts up in your mind, okay? You write that passage down, okay? 4 6, Philippians 4 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, 
anything in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Every time you feel anxious, every time you feel afraid, every time fear starts to grip your life, every time you start to worry, you quote that verse. You quote that verse. Scripture gives you the power to overcome. But we don't do that. We just go with it. We just go with the flow. When Satan starts putting those thoughts in our minds, we don't take those thoughts captive and allow Scripture to overcome them. We allow them to take us captive and keep us from doing what God has called us to do. So stop worrying. Here's what I want you to do instead. I want you, I want you to, I want you to, to think of something that in the past that you really wanted to do. You've really wanted to do this, but you, for some reason, whether it's fear or worrying about the future or your, whatever the case may be, you haven't done it. You always wanted to, but you never have for whatever reason. Maybe it was fear. Maybe you were afraid. So you just chose not to do that. But maybe it was that you wanted to write a book. And I'm not talking about a number one bestseller. Who cares? I'm talking about a book that you want to write to pass on to your children or to your grandchildren. If someone else reads it, wonderful. But you want to write that book. This, you, have a, you have a story that you want to tell. Tell your story. Maybe you wanted to go on a missions trip. Maybe you wanted to learn a foreign language. Maybe you wanted to reconnect with a loved one. Any of those things, what we need to do that, we need to do that. We need to take the time to invest and do that. But listen to me, and God put this in my, he put this on my heart and in my mind, so I'm going to say it. You got to listen to me. You cannot just add more to your schedule. I am not, I do not want to get up here this morning and say, oh boy, and God is going to use us and you got to write a book and take more and add this to your, pile it on your schedule. That's not what I'm saying. For some of you, that's not a good idea. You need to not pile on your already busy schedule. Some of you, okay, I don't know who, but some of you keep busy because you're so worried about the future. You keep, you keep, your whole life is so busy because you've got to prepare and you've got to prepare and you've got to get ready and you've got to prepare. It's good to be prepared, but you're consumed with the future and what the future might bring. So you've got to be prepared. You're preparing yourself to death. You are preparing yourself to death. It is overwhelming. So here's what I would like you to, here's what I believe God is speaking and saying for some of you to do, okay? Some of you need to let go of some of your activities. Let them go. You need to set boundaries. You, 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 you need to prioritize. You need to find some margin in your life. Then, after you've done all of that, then when you have plenty of space in your life, then you write the book. Or, better yet, okay, better yet, better yet, maybe finding margin is what God is calling you to do. He's calling you to do less. He's calling you to do less. The goal that for this morning for you is to find margin and don't do anything. Don't fill your schedule up. Allow him to speak to your heart after that, and he will show you what he wants you to do. See, the reality is, especially for the young here, you, you think that life is long, but I'm going to tell you something. Time is short. You don't know when your, when your last good day is going to be. Time is short. We don't know how many last good days we have left for certain activities in our lives that we really love. Don't allow them to be robbed. I want you to bow your heads with me. As, as we take communion, here's what I want you to do. 
The great thing about being a follower of Jesus Christ and just being a human being is that we have the minds to say right now, listen to me, we have the mind to say, now, today, at this moment, I'm going to start this or I'm going to stop this. I'm going to put myself in a situation where I don't have to do this anymore. You have the ability at this moment to make a decision that you can stop doing certain things and move forward with your life. It may be hard, it may be challenging, but you have the ability to right now say, I'm going to stop doing some of these things. So as we take communion, ask God to help you to overcome your fears and to give you the courage to step out in faith in whatever he's calling you to do. To start something or or to stop something. To find that margin. Ask him to help you. Listen, celebrate each day. Because you don't know when your last good day for something's going to be. Celebrate each day. Celebrate your milestones. Jesus loved you enough to die for you. And I think he's asking every single one of us to live for him. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians and we take communion from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 23. And after I'm done reading, I'm going to pray. And after I'm done praying, you can come forward. You can take the bread and the cup. You can stay up here. You can stand up here with the bread and the cup as we sing this song. You can sing the song together. You can sit down in your seat. You can kneel, whatever you feel led of God to do. But I'm going to read and then I'm going to pray. And you don't have to wait for anybody else. You don't have to wait. Just let the spirit lead you. You can take of the bread and drink of the cup. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father God, we come before you with open hearts and a desire to do your will and to fill our purpose in this life. And for some of us, Lord, it means that we need to step out in faith. We need to overcome our fears to accomplish the things that you're calling us to do. We need to lay aside our worry and our anxiety and move forward and begin to live our lives for you. For others, Lord God, We need to slow down. We need to stop. We need to find the margin to spend more time with you. We're not spending the time that we should with you getting to know you. Getting to know a God who sent his only son into this world to die on a cross for our sins. Father, we thank you for this this bread which symbolizes your body, Christ's body, which was given for us. Because of his body that was given for us, Lord God, we pray with all of our hearts this morning that we would offer up our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you. May this be our spiritual act of worship this morning. 
We pray for this cup, which symbolizes the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, which was shed for us, that covers over all of our sin, all of our, all the things that we've done in our lives, Lord God, your blood, your, the blood of your son covers us so that we can, we can enter into the Holy of Holies. We can enter into your presence. We can pray like I'm praying right now because you're my father. I can talk to you intimately because of what Jesus did on a cross. Now take that lightly. I thank you for that. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you. We praise you. And we give you the remainder of our time. We pray that we would just, Lord God, that we would be in awe of you. And that we would expect miracles as we leave this place. That we'd expect miracles in our lives because of what you have promised to do if we just trust in you and lay aside our fears. In Jesus' name, amen.